It's time to discover the world with your loved one. Turkish Airlines Fly Festival has begun. This Valentine's Day, you can enjoy 10% off in economy class and 15% off in business class for every two tickets you get. Book your flight with Turkish Airlines until the 14th of February and fly with the special fares of Turkish Airlines. For details, visit turkishairlines.com. Then this woman. Now, I saw below two pictures. On the left, there was a young girl who looked freckled face, light eyes, pink lips, very white skin, might say dirty blonde hair. And on the right, there was this woman, definitely not a young girl, uh, you know, a woman, dressed very different. You know, the little girl on the left has like the lacy collar, and the woman on the right a plunging neckline. The woman on the right had very beautifully tight curled hair. It looked to be similar to a lot of the hair that my girlfriends who are African-American have. She still has light eyes, and she looks like she's tan or African-American or biracial, but you would never believe that the woman on the left, or the girl on the left and the woman on the right, are the same person. And yet they are. Well, I had to turn the TV on when I saw the blurb below, and I'm like, uh-uh, how can this be the same person? By now we all know that it is the same person, who this person is, and that this was a woman living her life through a lie. And I want to I talk about this, and I want to be very candid about this situation and this uh, conversation. Rachel Dolezal. 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 Thank you, uh, Mark. Um, was living her life as a lie. She was the head of the NAACP. She has resigned her position, a head as president of NAACP in Spokane. We are carried in Spokane. We definitely want to hear from you in that area, but those of you nationwide as well. Now, the chapter president of Spokane, NAACP, who's been masquerading as an African-American woman, when in fact she is not, she is Caucasian, she is white, and now she has resigned. There was a letter from her that was posted today on the NAACP Spokane Facebook page. Now, Ms. Dolishal did not address allegations that have landed her and her family in the spotlight nationally over the past few days. Her parents are white. They allege she's white and that Rachel's been lying and presenting herself as a black woman, an African-American, when she is not. Now, this story has already ignited a conversation and a debate over race and over identity. It's blown up on social media. It's number one trending on Twitter today. In her letter to the NAACP's executive committees and members, it says, quote, I have waited in deference while others express their feelings, beliefs, confusions, and even conclusions, absent the full story. I am consistently committed to empowering marginalized voices and believe that many individuals have been heard in the last hours and days that would not otherwise have had a platform to weigh in on this important discussion. Additionally, I've always deferred to the state and national NAACP leadership and offer my sincere gratitude for their unwavering support of my leadership through this unexpected firestorm. 
She said that though, quote, many issues face us now, such as police brutality, biased curriculum in schools, economic disenfranchisement, health inequities, and a lack of pro-justice political representation, the dialogue has unexpectedly shifted internationally to my personal identity in the context of defining race and ethnicity. She stated, while challenging the construct of race is at the core of evolving human consciousness, we cannot afford to lose sight of the five game changers, criminal justice and public safety, health and health care, education, economic sustainability, and voting rights and political representation that affect millions, often with a life or death outcome. The movement is larger than a moment in time or a single person's story, and I hope that everyone offers their robust support of the Journey for Justice campaign the NAACP launches today. She said she is, quote, delighted that so many organizations and individuals have supported and collaborated with the Spokane NAACP under her leadership uh, to grow that branch. But she said that she, quote, can see that a separation of family and organizational outcomes is in the best interest of the NAACP. She said she has complete allegiance to the cause of racial and social justice in the NAACP and is passing her role to the chapter's vice president, Naima Qualls Burnley. She said, please know I will never stop fighting for human rights and will do everything in my power to help and assist, whether it means stepping up or stepping down, because this is not about me. It's about justice. This is not about me quitting. This is a continuum. Alicia Walters tweeted, Rachel congratulates herself for giving all of us a voice and success of the Spokane on WACP, but it's not about her. Sierra Dennis tweets, she stepped down today. She would have been more honorable if she had just been herself and worked with the NAACP. I have a lot of questions for you. Now, for those of you who've never seen me on TV, never seen my picture, and have only heard my voice, I am Caucasian. Now, some say, say that should not matter. But I have to say, I do understand people who are confused about their identity. I'm not saying Rachel was. There are people out there that, in my family, I have a Jewish parent and a Christian parent. Ethnicity-wise, my mom is Irish and Sicilian. And there are people in my family that really, really identify with the Irish side, not the Sicilian, or the Sicilian side, not the Irish side. There are people in my family, like me, that are half Jewish and identify as Jews, and, and are sort of like the best Jews there are because they're half. And then there are people in my family who have no connection to or identity with and do not want to be identified or even associated with Judaism, the Jewish culture, the Jewish people, the Jewish history, the Jewish heritage. They want to be Christian, Christian, Christian. I talk about identity because I myself have struggled throughout my life to... Uh, not now. I know who I am. I'm happy with who I am, and I'm finally comfortable with who I am. I hung out with Jews, dated Jews, practiced Judaism, but I was shunned, in a sense, because my father's Jewish, and I refused to convert. After all, I don't have a penis that needs to be circumcised. I, I, I didn't feel the need for that. I've been shunned by Christians because I'm half-Jewish. And even though Jews would reject me, I'd still be called a kike and it was my schling by Hitler and would have been put in camps in an oven. And I just been offended by Jewish jokes and certainly hated by an anti-Semite. So I kind of felt rejection. You know what I'm saying? 
The Sicilians in my family were 100%, which was everybody except me, my cousins from my aunt, and my cousins from my uncle. Because we had an Irish grandfather. The Sicilians kind of rejected me too. I mean, they embraced me, but only to a point. Because we were half Duffies too. So I know my whole life that identity, you know, like I'm kind of Jewish, but not totally and not really. I'm kind of a Christian, kind of a Sicilian, kind of Irish, kind of French. My grandmother's French Catholic, and then she converted to Judaism. And it's sort of like the Canadian French in our family kind of shunned us too. You know what I'm saying? Now, I don't know that Rachel was shunned, but I do understand wanting to be someone that you are not. I love my parents. My father's deceased. I love my family. And I love who I am now, which is a true Heinz 57, religiously, culturally. Race, I'm just a white chick. But you know white people that, quote, talk like they're there, you know, talk like they're from the hood. You know what I'm saying? There are African Americans that do not want to associate with the rest of the African American community. Argentinians don't like to be called Hispanic or Latino. They consider themselves different, higher up, because they have German blood. Spaniards don't consider themselves like Mexicans. There are people who marry into a different family, like me. My husband's family is Indian and Muslim. Indian Lake from India, not Native American. And I'm not one of them either. There's really not many people except for my brothers that are exactly like me, and even then, with the married into that family, aren't. So I just got to be me and be happy with being me. Now, some people might say, there are guys out there that want to be women or dress like women and women that want to be men. Now, I'm not talking about people like Bruce Jenner. I'm not talking about people that need to undergo a change. There are people out there in this world that are live that dre- live and dress like a man or live and dress like a woman, and they're, they, they have not had a full conversion. In other countries, girls will dress like boys, like in Afghanistan or Pakistan, so they can be schooled, they ed- be educated. So it's completely normal, believe it or not, for people to want to be someone other than themselves. Sometimes, even in my case, it's because they didn't really know who they were, accept who they were, feel comfortable with who they were, love themselves as themselves. Some people like other people's community. Any of you married into a different family? Oh, you married into a Mexican family and you feel like a Mexican, but you're not. Are you married into a Polish family or Italian, right? Asian, or maybe you're Asian. And you married into that white bread Midwestern family and you're one of them now. Not entirely. And you know that deep down inside. But you know what I'm saying? I'm not making excuses for this woman. I'm simply saying, when I first heard about this, I know there are people that are saying out there. And I know I have African-American friends who talked about this with me who said, who, you know, being black is tougher than being white in American society. Being female is tougher than being male. Being Hispanic is tougher than not. Being a minority is more difficult than being part of the majority. So who would want to do this and why? Right? So first question right out of the box is, why do you think she did what she did? Why? I want to hear from you and I want you to share with me, one, are you African American and does this anger you that she did this? Two, 
Have you ever felt like you were drawn to another culture or religion or race and wanted to be a part of that and maybe even tried to be or continue to try and be a part of that? Why do you think Rachel Dolish Zal did? Mark, I love you, but your phonetics on Dolishal, sorry. Zal, Zal. Yeah, I don't know how you write Zal either. Okay. I think J, Zal, J A W L. He phonetically wrote it for me, so I would just screw up the name all the time. I'm awful with names. What is your reaction to Rachel Dolezal's story? And why do you think she did what she did? What is your reaction to Rachel Dolezal's story? And why do you think she did what she did? Be honest with me. Why do you think she did this? 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Do you consider her conduct to be, quote, blackface? Do you feel that she could have been as good a leader if she were just who she is, which is a white chick? You don't have to be black to be part of the NAACP any more than you have to be a, a woman to be part of the feminist movement. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. And should white people be allowed to lead the NAACP? And uh, 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 let me say, how I put it this way. Should non some, somebody who is not African-American, not black, be able to lead the NAACP. Yes or no, and why or why not? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Now, this, the Dolezal family has adopted four black children into their home. Do you think this contributed to Rachel's conduct? Do you think she was trying to be a part of this minority to have advantages? Or do you think this woman is seriously suffering from some form of an identity issue here? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. And one more. What about her parents outing her? What about her parents outing her? If this were your kid, would you have outed her? That's something as a parent I was asking myself. If you were her parents, would you have outed her? Pick up the phone and join me. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Coming back to you and your calls right up to this. Join me. What is your reaction to this? Why do you think she did it? Should people who are not African-American, not black, be able to lead the NAACP? Have you ever felt this way or met someone who felt this way? And if you were her parent, would you out her? Would you have outed your kid? What do you think of her parents having done that? 8886-LESLIE, back after this. We're back, and just when you think the news couldn't get any stranger, we can't make this up, and you've probably heard about the story. It's been going on for a few days now. The Spokane chapter of the NAACP's president, Rachel Dolezal, uh, has resigned uh, has resigned. You know what? I'm just saying it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we, Let's just I, call her Rachel. Okay. Yeah. Rachel resigned. Uh, Dola Jahal uh, resigned according to uh, her Facebook, the NAACP Facebook page, asking some questions. Let's get to it. What is your reaction to Rachel Dola Jahal's story? And why do you think she did what she did? Do you consider her conduct to be blackface? Some should white people be allowed to head the NAACP? Why or why not? And uh, have you ever met somebody who prefers to associate themselves with another race or another culture, another religion? Maybe you have or do. And uh, her family adopted four black children into their home. Did this contribute, do you think, to her conduct? And what do you think of her parents outing her? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Uh, Let's start it off with Jeff in North Carolina on Line 5. Hi, Jeff. Good afternoon. Hey, Hey, Leslie, thanks you for having me. Appreciate it. Well, thanks for joining us. What's your uh, What's your take on this? Well, well, well. Honestly, when I first heard this story, I kind of laughed because I thought it was much ado about nothing. I think most of us are aware that someone can be ethnically one thing and culturally something very different, and that's really all it is. I I don't really see a big deal in this. Actually, personally, I don't. 
Okay, hang on. We got to take a break. I'm coming right back to you, sweetie. Sorry, I went along with my talk in there. Uh, Jeff, hang on. Coming right back to you there in the NC, North Carolina. We'll be back to all of you holding. And if you want to join us, join us now. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Is this a big deal or not? Is the bigger deal that she pretended to be somebody? Or that maybe there's a problem there, right? Emotionally, we'll be back. Does it matter if you're black or white to head up the NAACP? What do you think about Rachel Dolezal's uh, transformation and uh, being an imposter, if you will, as a white woman pretending to be a black woman? Jeff in North Carolina on Line 5 is holding, and Jeff says it's not a big deal. Jeff, if you don't mind me asking, what color are you? Well, I'm a black guy. You're a black guy. Okay. All right. So this is not a a big deal to you? And and, and I'm asking because – but didn't she take along the way opportunities away from another African-American female that truly is an African-American female and may have lost a spot, you know, at a college or, you know, working for the NAACP or anywhere else for that matter? Well, now that I don't know the details of that, uh, but, um, you know, she may have, but I don't really know that for sure. But I, I think we all know the history of the NAACP. It was actually co-founded by some white people. Mm-hmm. So, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Would would you have been more comfortable to, 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 you know, hear that, you know, I mean, a white woman is heading up a chapter of the NAACP somewhere, and she's white, and she is white. I mean, you you don't think it's a big deal that she was masquerading as someone she truly is not? Well, see, I wouldn't use the word masquerade. You know, I I think that's a very, like, provocative term. Uh But the fact of the matter is that she identifies culturally with black people, and that's but do, do you have to wear your hair that way and put on tons of self-tanner, if you will, Jeff, to do that? <laughs> That's a good point. But I am but I just want to point out that I totally get where she's coming from because we have people in my neighborhood who were raised by different sets uh, of families or, or uh, different ethnicities, and they adopted culturally what was going on in that family. And so I think it's perfectly normal. I don't see anything really wrong with it, actually. Um, okay. Now, you know, pre, uh, pre-civil rights, there was a movie. Did you ever see the movie, Jeff? It's, it's an old movie. It's a great movie. It's called Imitation of Life. Have you ever seen it? It's a classic movie. Have you ever seen that movie? No, I don't think I have. Okay. Well, one of the characters in the movie, and this really did happen in, in real life, where um, there is obviously in many African-American families' uh, lineage, white people. Right. Not okay, just Thomas yeah. Jefferson's. Oh, right. Oh, oh, and yeah. and there are times when you have a child. Look, look, for example, my husband's Indian and my daughter looks whiter than me. OK. And right. one would think that, you know, she'd come out more chocolate milk looking. You know what I mean? Because, you know, he's dark. I'm light. You know, she's got green eyes, not brown. That He would have the dominant, uh, you know, traits in that she right. would get those. And there are times when uh, years ago an African-American child would be born and they would have more of the white traits let's say feature skin color hair texture that kind of thing and they would pass as you know this is how they would say pass as white um and this was uh this was certainly during slavery and uh prior and and pre-civil rights um and the reason they did that because they were african they didn't want to associate with their you know black family members 
because of oppression, because of slavery, because of the way they were treated, because of the lack of opportunity and that type of thing. And and that to me is more understandable. It it, it was sad to many of the families, but it was more understandable because it was sort of like, you know, you could pass as a white person just as – uh, Semitic people in in the Holocaust, there were there were very Aryan looking Jewish people who would right. pass as uh, non Jewish Germans in order to stay out of the camp. So some people did this in order to stay alive, you know, or or, or in order to have a much better way of life. Uh, when you talk about African Americans and you know be able to sit at that lunch counter and be able to apply for that job and be able to sit in the front of the I mean the list goes on. And certainly we right. talk about right. slavery, not to, not to be treated subhuman. So so I, that I understand. This I don't. You know what I mean? This I do not. Yeah. I mean, she obviously loves the culture in terms of how she thought black people dressed, uh, the style of clothing, the, and the way they style their hair, and the way they and and a whole host of things. And it's just a it's just culture. I mean, it's not. I don't really think it's you know at the end of the world that this woman actually actually identified herself as a black woman. It's okay. All right, Jeff. All right, all right. And you, you know what? I get, I get, uh, and that's your opinion. We, we disagree on this because I think, I think there's a problem. You know, and I mean, the, you know, the fact she had, uh, adopted African American children. Um, when there are African American people on that list, I'm sure that were passed over because people thought she was African American. And there are many agencies out there who do not agree uh, with interracial adoption. Jeff, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. I'm not one of those people, by the way. Uh, Jolene in Kansas, line one is up next. Jolene, good afternoon. Hello. Hi, Jolene. Hi. Um, I just I find it odd that people are sticking up for her for pretending to be African American. Um, I do acknowledge that she did some good things. She she had to have been to been to be in the position that she was in with the NAACP. But they do accept white people. Did she not feel that she could be effective as a white person in the NAACP organization? And then also, what does it say with our politics when, you know, Michael Steele was head of the National the Republican Party for a while, and he was accused of not being black enough because he was a Republican, and the same with Mia Love and Tim Scott and Ben Carson now. You know, I mean, we need to get past looking at skin color and you know, do things on our merits, get get positions on our merits. And I understand that, that it is harder for the minorities to move up, and I think we do need to help minorities. Now, now, now there, are two, there are two schools of thought with this, because I'm glad that you brought that up, as, as opposed to opportunity, I mean, regarding opportunity, Jolene. Some people would say that she was giving herself an, an opportunity. I mean, like, there are people out there I know who do not check certain boxes, Right. They don't want to they want to get in based on their grades or whatever it is. Do you know what I mean? They don't want people mm-hmm. to look at them as a quota, if you will, whether it's African-American, right. Hispanic, uh, you know, Asian Pacific Islander, whatever it is. OK. Right. Um, and uh, handicap, whatever. OK. And um, so some people, you know, might say that she was uh, using something. Um, that is out there for people that don't have that opportunity that she had. And then there were some people who would say. Well, why would she want to be a part of a group that does not have the same opportunity? As black females certainly don't have the same opportunity black males do and certainly do not have the same opportunity that 
Caucasian females are males do, and that's a reality, whether people like to, even though we have a black president, right. admit that or not. Um, so, you know, you know what I'm saying? Some people might yeah. say, yeah, they'd understand somebody black wanting to be white, somebody part of a minority wanting to be part of majority. But on the flip, I think some people scratch their heads on this. Well, I just I agree with you on that, but I'm I don't understand. Did she not have any self worth? as herself who she was i mean does she have you know it just opens up so many more questions yeah than their the answers that we've gotten so far and and as her parents outing her it i you know i guess it does seem odd that parents might do that but she was living a lie i mean it's it you know you can't spin that it was a lie she's not african-american and she was in a position of power in an organization that does welcome white people as well. I mean, it just opens a lot of questions. I'm, I don't know if that makes sense, but it just it just seems odd to me that people are sticking up for her, impersonating someone she wasn't. And she may have done a lot of good, but she still wasn't who she claimed to be. Yep, very, very true. Very true. All right, thank you for your comments, Jolene, and for your opinion. Let's continue, and we go to Cliff in Virginia next on line two. Cliff, good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you doing today? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, I kind of uh, agree with the first caller, I, I, I but I, this is how I look at it. Number one, it's very clear that Rachel had a powerful connection with the black experience, for whatever reason, whether it's because she lived with adopted brothers, uh, because she was exposed to the black community. Something happened to her in her life where she decided that she wanted to have a connection with this community on a deeper level. And there's really no manual for someone who wants to do that. So I think what she did was construct a way to engage the black community I understand everyone talking about her, you know, not telling the truth, but I think she constructed a system for her to become a part of the black community. And the one thing that people aren't saying is that she was definitely committed to connect to the black community. I mean, she went to Howard University, the Mecca of historical black colleges and universities. She fought for issues that championed uh, for African-Americans. Uh, so I understand that people are angry with her for misrepresenting it, rightfully so. But I think if you look at this, this situation, this is not a black or white situation. This is a, a, a many shades of gray as to why she did what she did. And I think what Rachel is doing is challenging notions about race and culture and cultural identity and what does it mean to be black or what does it mean to be white or what does it mean to be any racial group in this country. Okay, very uh, very interesting. Anything else, Cliff? I know you're driving. I don't want you to get in an accident there. Oh, no, no. Uh, I think the other thing, as far as the previous caller, as far as why, you know, people would be, would be a little critical of Michael Steele or Tim Scott or Mia Love as it relates to their affiliations to politics, one of the major reasons why African Americans are critical of African Americans on the right wing because African Americans on the right wing seem to co-sign on policies that destabilize the black community. So we're wondering why would you support a political party or political apparatus that would try to undermine gains um, that black people have taken on, you know, like the Voting Rights Act, like funding for education, like affordable health care. So that's one of the reasons why uh, African-American leaders and the African-American community overall is a bit critical of black 
leaders on the right way. All right. Thank you. A lot of great stuff you uh, brought up there, Cliff, that we haven't heard brought up by other callers. Thank you. Appreciate that. And we're back. So we see Michael in the Bronx on line three uh, joins us. We uh, His phone is fixed. Michael, uh, go ahead. Hey, Leslie, how's that? Uh, much better. My apologies. You know, there's a lot to consider here, and I think when your early callers brought it up, if I understood her correctly, I think the first question is this, um, oh, God, what, what, what's her name again, Nicole? Rachel, Rachel. Dolezal. Rachel, Rachel, my bad. Did, did Rachel's parents ever have a good heart-to-heart talk with her in terms of what her identity is? And if they did not, when she... Uh, but but Michael, 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 I would understand that talk if one parent was one race, another, another, like a black father, a white mother. That's not the case. Your parents are both Caucasian. But, but the reason why... Hello? Yes. Yeah, but the reason why I mention that is because you got everyone got to remember there are African Americans that are light skinned and there are white people that are dark skinned because they get tanned and all that stuff. I can name a few. We have Republican Colin Powell who is light skinned and earlier today you just played a classic Michael Jackson song Black or White and he's African American and he's one Aside from the rumors, and they were, all they were were rumors of skin bleaching, which he never did. He had a skin disorder, which was um, the tablo. It's called vitiligo. Called. My mother has it as well, and not just African-Americans right. have it. Right, right. So he was clearly African-American. He stated that on his live interview with Oprah back when he was 34 years old. Just to clarify, he wasn't trying to turn white. And the thing is, is that, you know, I wish she didn't resign. You know, I understand, you know, she might have had an identity problem or what have you. But I thought it would have been a breath of fresh air. And I have no problem with a white woman being a representative of the NAACP because I'm looking at the content of character here that, you know, she might have really thought that she was African-American given, you know, her complexion, and she probably identifies with other light-skinned African-Americans. But like I said, uh, You know, you know something, Michael, I want to ask you, because I know you're African-American. Her yeah. parents said she did not address her dishonesty, and that's one of the things that bothered me. When you read um, her resignation and you hear her comments uh, regarding her resignation and what she hopes people do with regard to the NAACP and, you know, areas that are of concern and need to be looked upon, like police brutality, especially within the African, you know, uh, or toward and against the African-American community. She still doesn't come clean and say, you know what, I'm sorry I lied or I'm a fraud. I'm white. You know something? I wish she would, would have dealt with that and she will come forth. I'm just trying, I'm not so quick to be pounding her on the head or anything like that because I want to know why did she have people um, believing that she was African-American and so forth. But when you look at her um, contributions, when you look at her accomplishments, and when you look at the stuff that she can identify with, that's the thing, because when you hear about police brutality, when you hear about all these other injustices against blacks, we constantly hear the right-wing rhetoric saying, oh, the minorities, the liberals, they're raising the race card, blah, blah, blah. They, there's no injustice. There's no inequality, blah, blah, blah. 
and they never, never, ever admit that there is inequalities, even when there's a freaking audio or video evidence of it. And they still deny it, but then perhaps we need more whites to bring forth the um, revelation, bring forth the realities, and then shut these liars up. So perhaps her being in front of the NAACP, where she was closer to identify the inequities going on in this nation, or the, all the issues I have brought up, you know, it's maybe perhaps people will not have to always say, oh, Al Sharpton's an opportunity, because it isn't just Al Sharpton speaking up, it's also Rachel D. and all other whites that will speak up. And if I can throw in my dear friend who is uh, host of this show, is also um, very honest about inequities going on in the, the uh, nation. And that's you, Rachel, and God bless you for it. Well, it's good that she, you know, speaks out for that. But, you know, it, a lot of people, one guy said, you know, she she's a liar and a fraud. Do we even really believe that she uh, uh, resigned? Uh, thank you for the call, Michael. Uh, let's yeah. go to Colorado Line 5 with Clarissa next. Hi, Clarissa. Good afternoon. Uh, do you think this woman is a, is, is a fraud? I mean, she still hasn't admitted that, hey, yeah, I am a white chick. I, I do. I mean, I'm, I don't think of her as a bad person, but I'm actually a, a child of mixed race. Now, I look white, and if you see me on Twitter, at mclarissa, I look white. My mother is not white. She's more like a mocha latte. Her, <laughs> grand, her mother, my grandmother, is uh, German, French, and, uh, and Russian. But granddad, my mother's father, is African-American. Uh, by the way, the rumor Did is... Did you say either, you're, you're, you're N. Clarissa? M. Clarissa. We're, we follow each other. Yeah. Are you, M, no, M is in Mary or N is in Nancy? M like in mistress. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm looking you up because I want to look at you. I've seen, I, I mean, I've seen your name, but I don't know everybody's, uh, everybody's uh, picture. Okay, M. go ahead. I'm, I'm looking at you now. Okay. <laughs> and, yeah, if you go down to my pictures, there are pictures of me. Yeah. You can see I, I look pretty white. My uh-huh. mother was not, and she was a single mother for a good portion of the time, and we were on every uh, government aid because Dad walked off uh, when I was, like, three. So here my mother was a single mother, didn't graduate high school, uh, and not even though she's mixed, people don't look at her and go, oh, you're half white, come on in, join the crowd. No, they saw darky, they saw dark, they saw... and. I was her daughter, and people went, oh, is that the babysitter? Is that the driver? They did not believe that she was my biological mother, and I got to see firsthand how people, especially women of color, were treated. And so for this woman to pretend to be African-American, it's like, oh, I love your culture. I think I'll take it. I never had to go through the people following me through the, the store because I look sketchy because I'm not the right color. She didn't have to go through that. She didn't go through any of the things that people who are that actual well, maybe she Maybe she through. did when she, you know, pretended to be. And some people would say, and why would you want that, right? Why would you want to be, uh, you know, treated uh, poorly? Nobody should be uh, treated poorly in society. But, you know, why would one desire that? I am out of time, but I'm thank you for uh, joining me, Clarissa, and everyone else who's joined us in this hour. 
Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com.